Welcome back to And Just Like That with the Mirandas. <laughs> Season two. That sounded, that sounded so professional. I love it. Welcome episode back, three. everybody. <laughs> and just like that, we got season two, episode three. Um, interesting episode. And mm-hmm. interesting in the sense that I don't know if I have a ton to say. Like, it wasn't offensively bad. It wasn't good. Like, it was... I, I don't know. I won't but, get my rating just yet, but what are, where are we going to go with this? Well, my cold read just right off the bat is like, I don't know. Like, okay, if, if this was just, if this script, manuscript was handed to like any studio now and there wasn't a history of sex in the city, like, and maybe that's not fair to, to not have that context. But if this storyline was handed to like major studios like Warner Brothers, people would read it and just be like, "Nothing, and? nothing's happening." Okay, where's the plot? Like, there's not, there's as I'm, I'm truly only watching this to a hate watch it, and then that didn't even happen really. Yes. Like, there's no, there's nothing that's calling me to wonder what happens next. You know, like, I don't really see where it's going. You're like, going, what is going, going on? What yeah, is but, happening? Or, so is I it, think the, yeah. the well, yeah, we got to look at, like, the different characters and their specific plots and how they're driving the story forward because this right now just seems like a visual diary yes. that's kind of boring. It's like, you know what, where's the juice? Where's the drama? And not that Sex in the City was that dramatic, and I think it was just better writing, to be honest. And, like, and the show created at that time just no, hit a little bit differently but I'm I'm gonna disagree with you there like I think it was dramatic I mean you had this big character kind of looming over the entire series mm, okay. and then all, the infidelity with Aiden like all of those things were constant themes and then also like her age and like not sure if she wanted to get married or not or have kids or whatever like those were big kind of driving forces for st- story and uh, even with all the characters in in their own way and now it's yeah you're right it's like a visual diary i mean it's it feels like i'm i'm walking in the van gogh like exhibit that like experiential exhibit like okay like cool like just kind of did a few laps like went to the gift store all right that was fun like with my kids you know well it's funny that you were saying earlier like we had big well we have Shay now and is <laughs> Shay the driving force of this show in which we're like it, like that because that is the most so far the, the the relationship that we've been analyzing the most and I think you know um in in this episode their relationship has the most conflict in mm-hmm. this episode and I think conflict in relationships is really interesting to watch and it's yeah. what really drove um sex in the city and so I, I just really wish it wasn't Che that was driving this um, yeah and so actually I, I don't know if we mentioned this last time on the podcast and so I'd be remiss to not mention it now I was talking with um Grace you know friend yeah. of, in life friend of the pod and we were talking about the character of Che and why this character bothered us so much and we think that having Che be in a lot of ways really unlikable is a huge disservice to the representation of like non-binary people on this show yeah. and for and just like that this major production on on HBO Max to have a character who's in this big show like this could have been an opportunity to have someone like really wonderful and not that like okay non-binary people can't be unlikable that's that's you know they're pe- they're normal human beings but the fact that like it's so disappointing it really is disappointing that Miranda has this like queer relationship and it kind of sucks like well, why couldn't it have been like a likable good great character who's also non-binary well that's the irony of the situation because later in the episode Che says when they're doing this sitcom scene with Tony Danza, they say it comes off that being non-binary is a tragedy because mm. they want their character, the, the like I guess the production wants their character to cry at the table about being accepted by, you know, their dad or whatever. And so that's like what's kind of ironic i guess i guess right? is that yeah, like, like well you suck jay yeah okay maybe not Let's... a tragedy but just kind of a bummer <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah not the fact they're not married it's because they're just their personality um 
Okay, before we get more into it, let me do a quick recap and just kind yes. of figure out where the characters are in the story. Carrie right now is recording um, a the audio version of her memoir about Big's death, which, wow, within a year of your husband dying, you have written a memoir? You have written about his death? I don't know. Yeah. Was this book already written and this is just the chapter of him dying? I think it's called Love and Loss. So clearly, yeah. like, yeah. my God, you were busy gal this year. I did think that was a little soon for a memoir. Hot take? I don't think. Maybe give it a full year. Maybe I, two. I, I think a m- memoir requires, if we're like, I don't know. I mean, we can rip this to shreds, but I feel like a good five years so that like she can analyze grief and like its changes. But like we know that she gets with Aiden <laughs> in a couple yeah, episodes. That's so it's kind of like this arc is insane. This I know arc of grief is like so rapid I don't I don't know yeah I I know and and I am glad that they are going back to this grief and this I think it was a vulture article that mentioned like how they just kind of skipped over Miranda's alcoholism they showed like one thing of her in AA and then they're like all right we'll just do that that was a little too heavy people didn't really like that so okay so we have Carrie recording the audio version of her memoir she's really struggling with the scene in Big's death this struggle then um prompts her to fake that she has COVID, which leads to her friends both supporting her, her also showing up for a friend and dealing with jewelry theft at a jewelry show. Yes, this is random. Um, We have Miranda, who is in LA supporting Che, but also getting this call frantically from Brady, who's going through a breakup, which triggers this like deep mom response, like I've got to go help my child, Mm -hmm. which then leads to this conflict with Che. We have Charlotte and LTW um, dealing with these like mom things. Like I love that they're mom friends. That feels very realistic that like moms would like obviously be more drawn to each other because of similar life phase. And they are on the school's MILF list, which is great for them, but also kind of creepy and how the school moms deal with it when they find out which kid was writing the list because they're kind of like hyped about the kid writing it because he's like a hot teen, which is kind of gross. And it was the so other characters, gross. we didn't, Naya was in this episode for a little bit in which she's like helping out LTW for this documentary and like being a subject in it. And then Seema gets her Birkin stolen and kind of is dealing with her own sense of grief and loss throughout the episode of her purse <laughs> being stolen. I think that's kind of, that's kind of it, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's it. That, that's all. That is that's it. all we got. Folks. Um, I watched this episode in two nights. I watched the first half on Thursday <laughs> night, and I watched the other half this morning. So you, I may have to like go to you to to figure out some plot points because I totally forgot about the whole like Naya thing. Um, but again, like I don't know. All right, I got to start off with this plot point. Okay. I I think I first want to talk about Tony Danza and why Tony Danza was so integral um, in the role of Che's life comedy series that they the producers would want Tony Danza so much that they would change Che's ethnic origin to Italian. I, that is mind boggling to me. Why is Tony Danza so important? Well, I, I'm confused. Che's ethnic origin in the sitcom. Is- it's getting meta. Okay, so Che, the the person in the show, is Mexican-Irish. Yeah. For Che's sitcom, they're making them... Italian. Italian-Irish. Oh, okay. I find that so odd. They, was George Lopez not available? Could they not have found <laughs> any sort of, like, Mexican comedian, like, beloved star in America's hearts why yeah. Tony Danza? Yeah. yeah. Really, no, really, why? I don't understand <laughs> this plot. This is in that category, but it just doesn't make sense. Like when he calls Che his little cannoli. Yeah. I, I don't get it. Why Why are they making Che Italian for Tony Danza? I don't know. I, I found it so weird. I mean, I think the whole thing's really weird. I think that like, I was going to say that I kind of want to focus on Che and Miranda because... As we were saying at the top of the episode, there isn't like much driving force like carrying the plot or just like purpose of the show. 
And usually, I, I especially with Sex in the City, but like in different series, usually it's like a romance or something. I mean, mm-hmm. let, let's look at what we've watched this year. Succession. What was the driving force there? Um, I would say the, the love of power and yeah. people's like desire for power and how that creates conflict. And what was who was going to be appointed in power. Exactly. Yeah. That was, so it was a... That that was kind of it. I'm trying to think of other shows. I'm I'm thinking like old shows, The Office. You get Jim and Pam was a yes. huge life force. It was like a pulse on the show. Yeah, and um, yeah, I guess like and and I think this this just the fact that we can't figure out what is like the pulse and the life force of and just like that. It's because like there really wasn't a reason other than just bringing it back. Yeah. It just, they resuscitated this thing and they're like, we got to keep it alive somehow. We don't yeah. know how. <laughs> we're just going to add some social justice warriors. We're going to environmentalism. We're going to hope that just keeps <laughs> this thing going. It's like, no, we need actually in-depth like character stories and, and we need to be invested in these characters and we're really not. Yeah. And I, I like, part of me thinks that like <laughs> the writers are just like everyone who's producing it just like that season two think it's. They think it's like the news or something. <laughs> I will. You know what? Um, Grace also said, like, also the news. Yeah, the news reporting live, but also in in a very meta sense. A lot of the times, this season is is commenting on things that fans didn't like about the last season. Oh my so God. they're trying to like not only rewrite Sex in the City of you know twenty years ago, but of even just like that last year. And I'm blanking on the example of this. Um, oh my God, I'm going to have to look at my notes, but yeah. So I also think that this show is very self-aware and maybe yeah. that's how it is in this day and age because everyone has an opinion right away. Everyone can watch it and they're supposed to review it and talk about it. So you do have to be current, but it just feels like the show is like very self-aware and not really in a good way. Yeah, and so and so like I think that like I'm okay. This is what I'm gonna ask you. Do you think that the writers, where do you think the writers stand with the relationship of Che and Miranda? Do you think they have a point of view? Do you think it's, do you think they want us to be, like, kind of repulsed by? Okay, you know what I mean. Like, are are they are they writing this for us to root for them? Yes. Or, or not. Okay. Well, again, we get in this episode, I thought based on the preview that Che and Miranda would break up in this episode when, when Miranda goes back to New York to comfort Brady and after her phone rings during Che's big scene, the big family scene, which I'm quoting from the, 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 the show. And Che's kind of like really pissed and really bummed with Miranda. I thought like, ooh, maybe an ending. No, in the next preview we realize like Che's back in New York Che's ex-husband is in New York so Che and Miranda are like going strong at this point Gilly I don't know what the writers want where is this going maybe we're just looking at a really complicated relationship in that this is also Miranda's like first queer relationship like think about like your first relationship with somebody like it's usually not the person you end up with. Sometimes it is, but mm, maybe it's a, a good... maybe it's a relationship that Miranda's going to learn a lot about herself and who she is. Well, yeah, it's interesting because I've heard some people talking just like on social media or on podcasts about the show and they're saying like that they were like team Miranda when the series was out and like it's like Miranda's just painted to be so soft and so weak and so lame and She's like constantly fucking up in Che's eyes. And it just seems I that know. it just seems that Che like is constantly frustrated by Miranda. Like <laughs> like Miranda Wait, is just such a cons- is like such a burden on Che. And this is where I think that there's like some token narcissism with the Che character. Yeah, and but I but I'm wondering it, it's like when <laughs> I'm trying to compare it to my my first experience like really like dating somebody and where you walk on eggshells a little yes. bit because you don't really know yes you've had um 
Dakota just walked in. He's distracting me. Right. Um, so it's like a first relationship <laughs> that you you walk you you're in, and you're walking on eggshells a little bit to make sure you say the right thing, you do the right thing, you're the right kind of person that they want, and you lose yourself a little bit. So I think in that way, it might be a realistic portrayal of like a new type of love and relationship because it's a different type of relationship from Randa. New city, new person, kind of new rules in the relationship. So maybe it's an accurate portrayal of of Miranda kind of wanting to please Che, that like kind of pleasing nature that women have of like pick me a little bit, like like me. And it was really telling that at the end of the episode, Miranda gets this MH tattoo, Miranda Hobbs, to kind of like look down and remind yeah. her of who she is. So maybe this this series will be this good character arc for Miranda like I'm really hoping that she's going to stand up for Che and like stop being mad at me stop well, yeah. getting frustrated I mean there's even a moment where Che's like you got to get that phone checked it's annoying or something like <laughs> <laughs> which was such a hilarious like plot device that they used later in the because <laughs> uh, we did I was like Set line sinker, you know, great little did we shot, know like, they what? left they dropped that little Easter egg upon us. <laughs> Ooh, I she's like, I I can't hear it ring. And then oh my god, during the big moment with Jay and Tony Danza with the little cannoli that the phone rings. You're right. Like obviously lazy writing, but also funny. Um yeah, and I think like yeah, when Shay was so mad at Miranda for like ruining the scene, I'm like, Shay is on edge a lot. Yeah. Yeah, they're just constantly and or, or even when they're like running the lines at the beginning of the episode, like Chase not liking how like Miranda's like reading or or asking questions about like, oh, maybe you should show emotion here. It's like they're again, like I think that there's a lot of women who watch this show and Shay is supposed to be this a non-binary character, but they're coming kind of coming off as that like jerk that we all like. The masculine a, jerk. Yeah, the masculine jerk that we all like gave a shit about like when we were in college or our early 20s and then realized that guy's an ass. I know, know, but then they've also shown to like to kind of play devil's advocate. They've also shown this other dynamic side of Che in which she does have. The, I'm sorry, in which they do have these, um, you know, emotional depth, right? Where they're talking about their diet and their body weight in the in the previous two episodes and feeling fat and feeling like fuck, like I'm at this age, like why haven't I gotten over that? I related mm, to that deeply. Of yeah. feeling like, damn, like I am still talking about the same mm-hmm. insecurities when I was 15 about my body and I'm 33. Mm-hmm. So that felt super relatable when they're stressed about work and feeling like I need to do the right thing and this is really important to me. So there's also this like relatability factor. I think it makes Che more complex. At the end of the day, I want Miranda to be in a loving relationship and I'm feeling like Miranda's looking a little bit like a doormat. And I don't like Oh, 100%. And also like when Miranda's trying to express kind of like what happened with the phone ringing and... Like it had to mm-hmm. do with Brady. Che's response was like, "It's a kid, and it's a breakup. It's a part of life." Like, you know, no empathy, no empathy, no care. But then there was so much like, "This was my scene in the show," and also like, kind of one of those like not realistic moments. Like, shit probably happens on sitcoms a lot. Yeah, that they have I'm to sure. like redo. And I love how like the showrunner, the nine non-binary showrunners, like. Jay's not going to be able to do this again. Jay's a stand-up, like not just eviscerating Jay's talent. You know? <laughs> but yeah, I just found Great. it was. I did think it was interesting, and you know, I don't know how much of the writers, you know, intended this, but you know, Jay was clearly upset about this pivotal scene in this fictional sitcom that was between, you know, a parent figure and a child, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so important this scene we can't mess it up um but che doesn't give a fuck about a real parent who's going through something their partner real, yeah. with their real child it was kind of like and ah whatever miranda <laughs> did stand up for herself at this yes. moment where where she was like this is like well this is real and this is my and you wouldn't really get it i'm like ooh, that's a little yeah. tough we don't, we don't know I, che that's stands the miranda on we child. like though 
Miranda. Yeah. Um, also, like, this was not an overreaction. The scene with Brady was really funny. It Not funny, like, haha, but, like, kind of sweet and endearing. You have this kid who's broken up with internationally with his, with his girlfriend, like, needs to get home, is saying, like, I wish the car had hit me. Of any Clearly parent, like, filmed in Greenwich Village, by the way. Right? No, very it, cool. Like, that's not fucking Amsterdam. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice try, Michael Patrick King. And... I, I think it was really sweet that Miranda went back and wasn't dismissive of her kid. And I think, like, I don't know, my mom, if I said, like, mom, like, I'm really struggling, I, I need you here, like, she, she'd fly in a second. And I think it was, I loved the scene with Charlotte and Miranda that Charlotte was saying, like, maybe it's just a moment, like, you're doing the right thing. I thought this was my wise Charlotte, the scene mm-hmm. when she's on the phone with Miranda. I think that was a chime we used to have where mm-hmm. Charlotte says something, like, really wise. Um mm-hmm. And because in the day, like Miranda is a mom and like we didn't really get to see her mom a lot. But that was also a pivotal part of Sex and the City yeah. was her having this baby and being like, mm-hmm. this is my priority. So to see her go into that mode of choosing mm-hmm. Brady over Che, loved it. Loved it. I also loved it. It also like, gets her back in New York, too, because fuck I, L.A. I, I also just would <laughs> like to say that long before and just like that, even season one came out, we had made silly predictions this was like a while ago oh my god we had (laughs) we had i had made a prediction that i think that brady and lily will get together now now if you look at that last supper like superimposed crazy billboard photo you see all the way on the right brady and lily kind of making canoodling eyes with each other okay i'm looking at it now i am pulling it up can you and turn I'm it gonna put this on instagram I am can you turn it, it towards me so i can just absolutely reconfirm <laughs> oh you have nailed it you've nailed it scoot it a little bit i can't see a little bit more yeah yeah there's there's yeah. something okay. there Yep, screenshotting that right now. So, so I, I think, think yeah. that might be our driving force for this. <laughs> the the new, it's kind of like when they re- revamped Gossip Girl. Like we're now going to have a show with like Rock, Lily, and Brady. Like the offspring. Yeah. Well, they made Lily all like alternative now. And so maybe she'll be more appealing for, you know, Miss, Mr. Trip World Brady. Traveler yeah. Hostel. Yeah, Mr. Brooklyn. <laughs> Okay, um, great prediction. I love that you referenced the promo poster. I think they're, I mean, my God, I'm going to look at this again and see, are there any other Easter eggs in this? We've got Rock with her, God, the bucket hat. (laughs) I'm going to put this on Instagram and I'm going to have people vote. Do we want our kind of visual of the bucket hats to be Rock in their bucket hat or Miranda in her beach bucket hat? I totally forgot about Rock's. What What are you feeling, Gil? Yeah, I think you got to do a side by side of at least who and wore just it like best. we're gonna get a vote. Okay, I'm looking also at the poster now and seeing. Um, I mean, we we in this poster we also have Harry serving Naya wine. <laughs> do we see some adultery? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Um, oh my god, this poster is so freaking funny. Um, Okay, great. So great call out. We and I also love because I remember in the first, like the last time we recorded, you're like, and guys, Brady is not back yet. Well, Brady is back. <laughs> and um, as we see for the preview next week, the family's in like family therapy, and we're gonna kind of figure out Miranda being back in New York. Maybe she's moving out. We don't know. Um, I think she kind of like broke up with Steve and then like moved to LA very quickly. Yeah. Oh yeah. So she she may be sleeping on the sofa. Um, okay, so all right, Miranda and Shay, we're gonna see where this goes. I don't know. I don't know. Gilly, I don't know. We'll see where know. it goes. Okay. I, I do have some funny tone deaf wealth moments. Well, one, we need to shout out one from last week. What was Do you it? Remember when Jason texted? Wait, was it? Maybe it was Jason who texted. He said that uh, like a, an example of that was them at the restaurant with their um, pedestals for their purses. Okay, so that's a thing. That's a thing. It is a thing. I do think it may fall in that category of um, putting your Chanel bag on a little stool at the at a restaurant. I do. I do think so. But when I was in Vegas, 
I had like a <laughs> shitty little like H&M bag and they like had like little pedestals in their restaurants for our bags. And I was like, this is the cutest thing in the world. So we're, we're supportive of this. Right, so what are I'm your, supportive. What, what are your tone deaf wealth well, for this okay, episode? So there are two things that kind of like weave together, which is like, we watch Seema get robbed in the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. And it's a weird allusion to how New York City has changed since the pandemic. And it's more akin to the 80s and early 90s, like pre-Giuliani. But it's like also ridiculous to me because people were like, like, people were like really affected by the pandemic and still are. And there's an even bigger wage gap now. And there were people who did extremely well. And then there are people who lost a lot of, you know, city resources and mm-hmm. people became desperate. And I'm not trying to, I guess, condone theft, but there's there needs to be an understanding on why crime rate has really increased, especially in a lot of like big cities. Shut I, do, up. I don't mean no, no, I know I don't mean to laugh, but I'm like, and just like that, we're gonna add that to your list. You gotta, you gotta address the crime rates. You know, no, they but they, address, they like, are, no, but they are. Remember, they, they, they themselves, they brought this whole scene up because guess, that wasn't the only right. theft in the show. Because at later in the episode oh, yeah, at the jewelry, the jewelry show, the cater waiters, which I thought was. I thought it was a classist of them to just be like, oh, the cater waiters are the ones that, you know, robbed the whole place. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to get super political here, but like Jeff Bezos, <laughs> <laughs> like made billions more in the pandemic. Okay. Let's, like, let's are try, we worried about yeah. the cater waiter or are we worried about like people like that like jeff bezos who's who's really stealing and stealing from whom like we could get kind of deep on this so i was really curious as to why they brought up the random purse theft i wasn't sure because it because they kind of used the plot point to connect it to carrie's loss like remember at sema was like oh am i comparing the loss of my birkin to your loss of big I wasn't again I'm not quite sure is this a is this truly a comment about the covid and theft cuz like covid is also brought up in this episode yeah, Carrie COVID's having covid up. yeah um yeah I wasn't really sure maybe it's to talk about like how different new york is but also if you think back to like what epi- season 2 season 3 Carrie gets you know that little like, gun and she gets her bag stolen yeah. too so and, and then Carrie continues to kind of say, like, oh, New York, the good, bad, the ugly, but she loves it so much. So I, I don't fully know. Is this a comment on the rise of theft in big cities like in L.A., San Fran, and New York? Or is this just like some weird plot? No, uh, they, you know, isolated yeah. plot point. Well, because they actually, I, I do believe Carrie or, or Seema, one of them says something about how the city has changed lately. Fuck, I don't remember that 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 being said. I'm gonna have to go back and find that. Yeah, because I remember that standing out, being like, "Whoa, are we really going to be like doing this?" Because I feel like that's something a boomer would be like say. Like, cities are really unsafe right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you need to get a mm-hmm. gun. We need to like, care, you know, learn to protect ourselves. You know, like dumb shit like that. I don't know. Um, yeah, very interesting. Interesting that she ends up finding the Birkin, that the guy ends up just taking the wallet, throws the Birkin underneath the bush, a bush. And she finds um, it at the end of the episode. And Seema is somebody, I mean, she has a literal driver drive her around the city in like a big. like, <laughs> like, like big, is Seema big? Um, I, God, I don't know. The character of Seema is very interesting. And then there was I, like I that know. very strange moment at the end of the show where, you know, the cater waiter is, you know, robbing the jewelry show and is even robbing, like, I guess, trying to rob Seema and Carrie of what they're wearing, including Carrie's necklace. No, my necklace. <laughs> my nameplate. My nameplate. <laughs> and he didn't have a weapon. So it was kind of like this weird, like non-threatening moment. He's just like, "We're going to rob you," is basically what, like, handed yes. over. But so then yeah, Seema literally out of her bag pops out a gun. 
a gun lighter. Yeah. And it turns a- out to be a lighter. But I just thought that was such a strange placement. Like that that screamed pro Are NRA. Are they pro gun? That <laughs> is pro NRA. I'm sorry. <laughs> is that their first product placement? It's like you know, they're like the the goddamn like what is it? What is it? The Fifth Amendment? I mean, what what amendment is it? The right to bear arms? Like yeah, the right to some sort. Well, it's but it's like if I feel like if any NRA person watched this episode, I mean, I'm sure there's got to be a Reddit thread. We got to dig it up. That's like, see, like this is why you need to like carry with you. Like that's what it was giving. You know, <laughs> it was yeah, right. <laughs> Wait, right to bear arms amendment. I'm looking up the right to bear arms amendment because I don't want to be an idiot. Um, what is that? The Second Amendment? Oh my God, it's the Second Amendment. God damn it. Okay, you're right. Um, I'm wondering because you know how like no one's stopping him, the, the, yeah. the waiter from from uh, stealing, and people are just kind of like helpless. And then scene was on the street. She's helpless. This might be a commentary because like when theft in New York City is not corrected. Mm-hmm. I had my students um, work mm. at CVS this year. I had like two mm. students who were places internship. I, for those who don't know, I work with kids with special needs, and like they had to be trained in dealing with theft because theft was so common. But yeah. they're so easily like not like manipulated, but they're so trusting that like someone was going around the store and stealing because they had to like unlock the like cabinets, and even a CVS in fucking Midtown was being robbed all yeah. of the time and the yeah. people in the store are told to not do anything yeah the anthropology in the upper east side they legally can't. random tuesday they legally can't they, they can't you can't do anything so you're right maybe this is like an accurate representation of like theft in the city theft in the city and that like no one really gives a fuck like no one really cares like when my car got like absolutely smashed and broken into i had so much shit stolen that was for like my special needs snack store and the cops like no one gave a fuck no one yeah. cares so i think maybe this is this is an accurate representation of the theft and maybe they are making an accurate comment on like what it's like to have something stolen in the city and have people like be like well it's just new york like i think the attitude now is like well what are we gonna do we can't do anything but so i don't know like so like carry a gun i mean that's kind of how it felt <laughs> oh but it's a lighter it's fine <laughs> But it had the power of a gun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're right. I think the end of the day, yeah, maybe this is slowly becoming this like right wing show of like self-defense. I don't know. Because you're right. The gun was the thing that helped. Yeah. Yeah. It saved it. It's and also giving Carrie very neoliberalism out. like this show. <laughs> it's like, it, it, I don't know, and Carrie screaming out, I have COVID. And then oh, I was like, yeah. okay. And then people oh, that like was, screamed and ran. That was a Carrie tracker. Is Carrie faking having COVID? Definitely. Definitely. Definitely a Carrie tracker. I mean, I can't say that I haven't blamed COVID for my lack of appearances at different social academies. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> have you ever used a fake COVID diagnosis for something? Because I have. Okay, here's our little Carrie Sarah, Sarah tracker. Um, I've never faked having COVID, but I definitely have faked being worried about getting COVID. And that's okay. Sorry, I'm gonna correct myself. I faked a COVID exposure. So this was years ago. This is in 2020. I basically told, and like people from work don't listen to this. And this was like so years ago. Like the, it was so annoying. They made our Christmas break end the like fucking 23rd. I was like, this is bullshit. I want to go home to my family. Yeah. Everyone's fucking remote except me in this public school. This is bullshit. Yeah. So I wanted to leave early so I could have the Monday and Tuesday of Christmas. So I just said I was exposed to COVID at a party, and I was like, I feel really nervous about this and I was like fuck it um yeah I I, honestly I stand by what I did I stand by that COVID exposure I could have been exposed who knows um um this was also years ago not my current job but the yeah I think Carrie using it very funny that they still used it because like is are people still getting COVID I think they are I think they are the thing is that's funny is I'm more nervous now about getting COVID than I was during COVID why because it will impede social plans well, yeah. I mean, life is back to n- <laughs> life is back to normal now, and and also I had COVID, and then I had some other kind of flu this year that wasn't COVID, and I was so sick from this like non-COVID flu, and then COVID I was oh, pretty yeah. sick in October oh, yeah. with, and I got it on the later end. So I'm kind of like 
between October and like getting sick in February and like really like being out of commission for like two weeks for both of those. Like you can't I, risk it. You I gotta. just I'm it was just a it was just a nuisance. It was just a really annoying and um not fun. So it it is interesting to to even talk about COVID now, right? Mm-hmm. Like and have the show bring it up. And they even said, like, wow, you're getting it now, like you never got it then. Um, which I think is probably a realistic conversation. Yeah. That people, like if somebody who got COVID now and never had it, I'm like, wow, now 2023 in yeah. July. Um but COVID did have such an incredible impact on um, our lives and really I, yeah. <laughs> hot take COVID was crazy hot take I streamed 200,000 shows in a lot year. of weight okay um, no I mean like COVID obviously was this it's it, it, this also like in the be I don't know in, was it in like the first season like it was like this other character in the city in the show. And even in this episode, they still had people like wearing masks inside the recording booth. I thought that was interesting how they yeah, like kind was, of other where I'm like, we want to forget. We want to leave COVID behind. That was that was so dumb. I'm sorry. Like I'm not I'm not trying to be like you know, super you like know. conservative or whatever right now, but like I'm essentially he, an anti-masker at this point. They, they were in two. They were in two isolation booths. That's what, like, when you're recording, that's what that was. Like, there's yeah. like the mixing room, and then like the actual recording room. And the guy in the mixing room had a mask on. I'm like, there's a thick, there's like bulletproof glass in between you guys. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, again, this this could be the liberalism. We don't know. Like, where is this? Where is this show going? Also, okay, we actually have to do. We do have to talk about. That audiobook that was extremely annoying to watch her record. Um, I was watching the first part with Grace and we were losing it. We were like, it was get through it or move on. They should have said professionally, we're gonna do this one later. We're gonna move on to the next yeah, thing. You like, don't need to do it in like order. Even for the show, they should have edited that <laughs> scene to be shorter. <laughs> I know they, they really should I mean they, I was annoyed um, at Carrie for not being able to like power through whatever but like the scene itself went on so long and I was like we get it, it. she's struggling to read this audiobook about big I, I will say this in in an attempt to kind of see the kind of where the show is trying to get it right I thought it was it, it really was touching in some ways to just relive that that the, I was really thinking about this. I'm like, the entire series of Sex and City was this will they, won't they with mm-hmm. Carrie and Big. Mm-hmm. And they, it's the season finale of, mm-hmm. of of season six with Sex and City was them getting together. And that, like, joy and happiness people felt. And you really do feel the joy. And the fact is, like, the, the, the reboot, they kill them off the first fucking episode. You're like, we stood with her for six seasons I know and you it took was him so away rude. so it, it was very rude and I again I don't think they maybe they could do and just like that with big but they'd have to keep having problems you know and so I guess the best thing to do is kill him off and kind of figure out what is that like to lose the love of your life but so I did think it was touching that they did go over the grief that scene with her talking about being in the bathroom and being in his arms but it was really funny. Do you know what they did in that scene, Gilly? And this is where I think the show is so self-aware of the mistake they made last season. Well, they just like dolly zoom. Did well, they did. That was interesting. That was film wise. An absurd <laughs> Technically. choice. <laughs> this is Lord of the Rings. Like <laughs> we're gonna have to find that scene because show people that um, they were like. It felt like I was standing there forever, but really it was just a second. And everyone <laughs> criticized her. We were like, what are you doing? Like, go to big. Like, why are you waiting there? And so then she, she kind of reverses it. And he's like, I wasn't waiting there. Time slowed down. <laughs> I wasn't slow. Time slowed down. Um, so I thought that was where the show was a little bit self-aware of like oh. where they kind of like were criticized. Yeah. Um, Carrie is eventually able to power through. She's able to do it. Um, and hopefully, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where this is going. She has that touching scene with Mitzi Von Muffin. I don't know what her name is. Yeah. And who's, I guess, husband died. Nathan Lane. I guess he died. The guy yeah. who, like, everyone was like, he's gay. And she's like, it's the love of my life. She's just such an odd character. And so, yeah, Mitzi gives her some advice, like, you know, when grief just grows around, like, the hole in your heart or, like, life grows around it or something. 
So again, yeah, Carrie's on a journey, and I guess they end with some like hot New Zealand guys, maybe Australians. Yeah, there's, hitting on them at a restaurant. So like, was, I don't know, life begins again. Yeah, there was definitely a few, of course, not as bad as the first two episodes, but just like you know, feigned pol- political correctness, mm-hmm. which is you know, um, the the producer of the show being like, it's they, it's they, you know, when oh, like the yeah. PA is like, Che was at the table and she was asking for her dad to accept her for who she really is. And the producer's like, who they really are, they. <laughs> but I, I, it makes me wonder, though, like how many times that's probably happened on set of and just like that. I mean, oh, great. Could it be like an internal commentary? Like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Mike guy, you fucked up way too many times. We're going to put you on blast. But I mean, we've even done it. In we've this, done it. In, yeah. We've done it. And, and I want anyone listening to know who... I, like not that I need to apologize, but also like I'm a human being and I'm gonna make a mistake. And and the fact is the when you grow we did not have that language growing up. Mm-hmm. Pronouns were he or she. And grammatically they sometimes is a little bit difficult to say. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing the best that I can. I think most people are not trying to be offensive. They are not trying to be dismissive. I think people are they speak quickly and they're just trying to communicate and we're doing the best that we can. And if we misgender Che, that is not out of like cruelty. That's just out of like it's sometimes it's hard. Yeah. Um... <laughs> You're like, did that need to be said? <laughs> No, don't no, come yeah. for us we're doing no. our best yeah and um but there was like <laughs> there was a funny moment like another funny like pc moment when they're all at lunch they all like have these grand midday lunches it's insane to me I know. like they're I know. oh my god so it's like ltw charlotte carrie and nyla and Naya, all I think we- all four of them had chemistry though. That was a fun yeah. scene. No, I think it I think it, it was. Um, I mean, there was just like an absurd moment that's like, you know, I guess they were talking about something kind of vapid and Carrie makes a joke that this is, you know, not our usual lunchtime fodder or whatever. Um, and then someone says, but maybe we should talk about abortion rights or how our democracy no. is hanging by thread or how our planet is dying. And it was like but do we? And if so, so, why don't you just talk about it instead of so, just saying we need to talk about it? Well, that's the thing is that Naya is the one who says that. And then she's like, oh, my God, the guy texted me. What should I do? Yeah. So it, it, it was both a playful thing. And I thought that yeah. was, yes, both a little like, OK, we've got to address these like serious issues, but we're not that serious of a show. So we're what do we do? And then because at the end of the day, the show was about dating and relationships. This was not a show tackling big topics. And they yeah. don't need to tackle big topics. But I wonder this, Gillian, I was thinking about it. And then I wondered. Wouldn't, and then I wondered, and I think we we probably talked about this last season, would the show feels like damned if they do, damned if they don't? Yeah. If they just talk about silly light things like dating and like love, not that those are light things, but you know, in the, in the scheme of things, would they be criticized for not tackling it? Like if they didn't include people of color, would they have been criticized for continue to not include people of color? So again, like I feel like the show... Any show now is it's 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 a little t- it's a little tough. Like you either like have your own lane, and you're like, nope, we're just dealing with this. Um, but it, I, this is what I, I, I don't think. know. I what think, Gilly? What do you think? I think that these are actors. <laughs> <laughs> I think that actors aren't very educated, to be honest. Not all actors. <laughs> a lot of generalize. them are not educated. And I think that at the end of the day, anything that goes on TV, we can see with all the writer strikes that are happening right now, where writers aren't even being compensated the way that they should. Some actors aren't even receiving residuals. Like apparently everyone on Orange is the New Black, like didn't, like the actors didn't even make much money off of that show. So really? Yeah, that's been in like the conversation of like writers and like sometimes actors not being paid that enough. And it's the big studios and these big kind of contracts and, you know, just like all the overlords of, yeah, you yeah. know, Disney is Hulu and it's also this and that. And, um, you know, you know, Comcast is Xfinity and it also owns this network. I think that there's just like this idea of kind of all the money at the top or whatever. I think at the end of the day, like a TV show, like in today's climate, 
It's about making money. That's it. Yes. That's it. Yes. That's it. And not not well even said. to pay writers. <laughs> it's about just like power and it's it's it goes all the way back to Jeff Bezos. But it but it kind of <laughs> but it kind of does. It just goes back to more kind of control and money and different studios holding on to power through like streaming which has been super super lucrative and so i think that you know i don't know i just think that it's silly that these shows are you know damned if they do damned if they don't like it's the show is about making money at the end of the day it's not about like yeah, there's no, there's really no other motive unless it's yeah. on like goddamn PBS, you know, like there is no, exactly. like this is, this is a corporation. Broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> if this was, if Sex and the City was on PBS, we'd have a very different Like podcast. stop trying so, to pretend that this show is, you know. Something other than just like a giant way to like make people rich. My, yeah. I was reading something because I know last time we talked about the, the HBO Max rebrand, yada, yada. The blue motif. The blue motif, which a lot of people agreed on, was just a Max kind of propaganda. Like the blue motif is just like connecting back to the blue Max. Um, someone was saying, and by someone I mean a comment on Instagram. So that's my my reference. Our Instagram by, or like no, just like a random Instagram oh. like post mm-hmm. about the HBO Max rebrand. That it's not really a rebrand. It's just like Max is like the overall thing. HBO is a mm-hmm. brand within it, and. There's Discovery something Plus about like residuals, residuals in streaming and money that they didn't have to like pay people as much money or something as like an HBO thing. I don't know. So again, I think the I think you're right. I think everything comes down to money. The shows, if it's not making money, I'm so curious about the viewership. Like how many people are watching this? Yeah. How many people are like, are there new subscribers to yeah. Max or Downton just for this yeah. show? Um, this show came on right when the Max rebrand happened. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't know. If yeah. Right. It's all power. Well, yeah. No. Yeah. And it's funny. I don't know. Is it Carrie who says at one point, how do we break women out of those race and gender barriers in the show? Did you catch that? What? No. They're talking about something. And I'm pretty sure it's Carrie saying, how do we break women out of those race and gender barriers? Like you gave a fuck before. Like <laughs> you just mm-hmm. literally only talked about big for six seasons when people were trying to change the topic like about anything else it was like let's continue to talk about big <laughs> this is true and so i don't know just funny uh, again I, I again they're just trying to like right the wrong to the past um another thing that i thought was wrong in this yeah. in this episode was the both wrong and also funny the plot between Car- uh, Charlotte and LTW at the private school, the Arbor School. Oh my um, god! They a, a kid makes a milf list. Milf, mother, I like to fuck. And the Charlotte and LTW are, are really kind of excited and honored to be on this list, which I thought they're number was two funny. And number three. Yeah. They're number two and number three. Um, I thought it was funny. I thought it was light. I thought it was fine until the women at the school are discussing it the moms and then they find out like the kid who wrote the list and he's kind of like an older like quote-unquote like hot looking teen and there's this scene straight out of an abc comedy drama of like slowed down the women leering and watching this like she's all that it was what that scene was when she comes down the stairs as like a new makeover yeah and so you have this like group of like cougars and and i was we were thinking like if that were yep. men i know leering at a 17 year old girl would be so wrong it it was so weird that they did that i mean i thought the milf list was funny and it was kind of like oh like it was cheeky and yeah yeah i, I but then it was like they were all i don't know just like turning him into like a thirst trap in that moment was like really this is where the show is so weird it's like they're trying to address so much and be so, like, just. And um, do they not realize that this is also, like, pedophilic? <laughs> like, <laughs> that this is, like, really inappropriate? Like, 
I know. And then the, 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 the headmaster, the principal of the school does like, we just got informed that women were like, um, uh, what was it? I think violating or, or like nearing, yeah, ogling yeah. 18. So I think there is that call out of the behavior. Yeah. But, but just for the show to include it, it's like, okay, you're talking about all these serious issues and then you yeah. have like the like sexualization of children. Yeah. Also in it, and, like, <laughs> yeah. That's literally what happened. Um, also something of a, this just not make sense. This would never happen. Is when the principal of the school completely like berates Charlotte and LTW oh, yeah. for talking. Like, do you know how much these bitches probably spend per year? Yeah, you're, you're out yeah. of your mind if you yeah. think any. Like, yeah. I work in a school. You never, yeah. you cannot talk to parents that way. No. Like, it's just no. that wasn't a no. not going to happen. So um, I do. Okay, ha- I do yeah. want to briefly move on to you. Something you said earlier about like you were wondering what the viewership is like on this show which brought me to the idol apparently oh, doggy apparently the viewership has been so low on that insane show and the last episode you yeah we both watched the last episode and mm-hmm. it was wild do you want to <laughs> touch on it <sighs> so i don't know if people are watching the idol i totally get it if you're not it is a little bit um it's, it's a little triggering and not triggering in a way that like, I mean, maybe it's triggering for people who've experienced a certain you know, something, but it, it it's bad. It is not good TV. I am going to watch the season finale tomorrow, which is only episode five, which tells you how like fucked up this they had to, budget to like been. Yeah, they had to like nip and tuck the and, last and, two episodes into a one finale, basically. Yeah, you've had to, most HBO shows get to at least nine or 10. I, I have not seen, unless it's Euphoria, and they did like a three one, but like it's Euphoria. So maybe this guy, just this director, Sam Levinson, has a past of like either going over budget or making these big changes. Anyway, the show is ridiculous. No, they, they cut it down because there wasn't, like the viewership has been so low. Like has been in no yeah 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 they said that the viewership this they couldn't like they couldn't afford us the spot anymore it was like wait some, what yeah like there was something like the viewership was under like three hundred thousand or something really like in the hundred thousand range okay well, why views. is the idol ending after five episodes I'm gonna look this up because I know I, I, yeah. I, I, However, TV Line quotes a source as saying the reason is that the series only needed five episodes to tell its story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like even though there's no story. <laughs> okay, Gail, I do not. Why the idol's been reduced to five episodes after mid bad reviews? And it received a six episode. Oh, interesting. So it received a six episode order, which is why viewers were confused to learn. Interesting. I don't know, Gil. I don't know. But are you going to watch the finale tomorrow? I'm definitely going to watch the finale. I mean, it's, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. But I do. I did want to bring up how it was interesting to see or to hear that, um, you know, Amy Seamitz was the original director of the show, and that she quote unquote exited with like roughly eighty percent of the six episode series finished, um, and the series went like overwent a major creative overhaul which included the weekend it will and sam levinson taking over and the weekend quote uh felt the show had too much female perspective even though the show is called the idol and the idol is a, a woman lily rose depp's character mm. jocelyn and it went from like basically let's see sources allege that seamit's approach to the story was scrapped and the show became like any rape fantasy that any toxic man would have in the show and the and then the woman comes back for more because it makes her music better and that Ooh. was like i mean that's how it feels because like the music that they're he's like fingering her she's try, like yeah like yes. she, like the lyric is yeah she is a pop star she should be able to crank that out in 40 different ways if she needs to and she can't and so he has to finger bang her in order in front of a room of people in front of a room of people and she's like double knot it with like a blindfold he's like it's just you and me in here <laughs> double knot it and in order for her to like say it the right way and and then her, is, and then the destiny character is like they're making hits <laughs> they're making hits 
good shit. <laughs> That's some good stuff. <laughs> and she basically watches her client be sexually assaulted in front of her. They're making hits. And so, like, is is this some sort of commentary on? On how people turn a blind eye to like abuse and absolute abhorrent behavior in this industry because at the bottom day, the bottom line is like they want to make money off the person. Well, yeah, or, but like it's, the thing. It's, it's, you know what? It's, it's very, it feels like Michael Scott. Like it just feels <laughs> so cliche that a man would be like, yeah, like I need to like torture this woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fix her. Well, someone was saying, I don't know, maybe you sent me the video. They're like, where is this show going? Yeah. How could this, where is this possibly ending? I mean, the last episode yeah. of The Idol did make me wonder, like, um, you know, is is the character, Lily Rose Depp, is she some sort of, like, manipulative mastermind? You know, is she the one kind of really pulling the strings? And then you kind of see that in the episode where she she turns. She goes back to the other guy. Yeah. The weekend. Does. So, I mean. You see the weekend tedros. crying, which I thought was also another really funny choice. Like, I think that genuinely the weekend thought that, like, that emotion was supposed to make us feel empathy for this disgusting character. <sighs> Like I, oh, I wow. don't know. He can, wow, the weekend's such a good actor. He can cry on cue. Um and um you know so I, as um you know Max subscribers, listeners to our pod, I'm really curious if people are watching The Idol and I'm going to I'm going to just put that on on the gram to kind of yeah. see because it is not it's a pretty disturbing show so I would I wouldn't blame people for not watching it. Even yeah, Dakota it, and I were watching it. We're like, we're like, this is this is feels wrong. To and watch. Also, it's like so, it's softcore porn. It, really it is. is. I mean, the the critics have been calling it torture porn. Is what it is because we're I watching know. the character like be tortured, and then there was like a taser involved, and in, at one point, and um, it, you, it's like yeah, it feels like Michael Scott, like I'm gonna fuck this girl silly, and then she's gonna like I'm gonna lead her to the right path, like m- my violent artistic vision yeah. is what's necessary for like this artist growth like yeah. kind of like this uncompromising nature of like like yeah there's a little bit of like cruelty in it yeah um okay so let's do oh, fashion God, this oh fashion okay i only have really one thing and it's mm. carrie's new york monopoly sweatshirt i thought yes. it was funky it's fun i love a casual different garment i'm sure people are looking that one up um what do you have i have ltw's like 70s blazer look with the chunky eyeglasses i thought she had like a great get up it was really cool yeah i I also put down her glasses i think she's got a great i need new glasses and so i'm highly motivated you always have really great eyeglasses um but LTWs are definitely very, very expensive and nice. Yeah, um, and I also have some product placements. I mean, there weren't as many in this episode, but definitely Monopoly, like that Monopoly sweater. Mm-hmm. Um, Bergdorf's, mm-hmm. you know, and then Birkin. the Birkin. And then uh, Warner Brothers, which again, like, I know that's like the set of the sitcom, but it, like it's just so it's just so intense. Like it just felt so heavy handed. Like Warner yeah. Brothers, this is Warner Brothers. Get it in your brains. Yeah, that that's a good one too. And I um and then the the gun placement from the NRA. We, <laughs> we have that. We don't know what they what they paid for that, but um, the okay, this is like a random line. I was just looking through my notes. And I, this is the funniest, cringiest interaction is when Carrie in the beginning runs into Lisette, her downstairs neighbor slash like model jewelry designer friend. And, and Lisette is like, oh my God. And then she's so funny. She's like, can I buy you a cappuccino? (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) Like, have you ever said that? Like, can I buy you a cappuccino? That was really silly. And then Carrie's like, no, no, like. I couldn't do something. And then Lisette's like, you're Carrie Bradshaw. There's nothing embarrassing about that. Was just like, it was so cringe. I was like, oh, Lisette's yeah. enough. And then like yeah. at the end, like Carrie and Lisette are just like lying in the same bed together, like mourning. They're like, I was like, Lisette, you're going to get fucking, I'm sure you have insurance. I'm sure there's something going to be fixed about this. Hopefully you can get your jewelry back. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but okay so oh god well i think that's that might be it that might be it for this episode um the preview for episode four looks like charlotte may be going back to work um miranda and shay somehow shay is back in new york and as is shay's ex-husband and maybe they're getting an apartment together miranda and shay and it seems like Carrie is, oh, she runs into her old editor, Edith. And Edith wants her to, like, run a magazine for her, an online magazine. So, yeah, we've got some, like, old characters coming up, some different plot lines. Um, Gilly, what are you rating this episode? How many Gen Z bucket hats are you giving How this? How many bucket hats? Um, I'm going to give it a, a one. I knew you were about to say that. And I'm going to go very different than you. And I feel now weird. I'm giving it a three. I knew it. I knew it. I'm sorry. Okay. The thing is, I thought it was better than the first two episodes. A three does feel very giving. Um, I may change my mind. I just think it wasn't that bad. (laughs) Yeah. I gave it a one because literally nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. You're rating it like when nothing's really happening. And I'm like, it's not as bad. <laughs> so we're just going to give it that. Um, all right, guys. I, I write, not guys. I write everyone. That's like, do you say that a lot? I always say, hey, guys. Yeah. Why I not? was told I'm not. I was told I, I, I'm trying to be. Some people are silencing me. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone are, are Miranda's. Um, yeah. We'll be back next week for season two, episode, episode four. Yep. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Bye, our little pistols. Bye. Let us know if you have any um, things you want to bring up. Email us at themirandaspod at gmail.com. Follow oh, us and, oh, wait, wait, at the Miranda's Gilly, Pod. Gilly. Yes. Before I forget, the review. Someone left us such an awesome um, comment on Instagram, and we really wanted to thank them. I don't know if we're going to be saying their name, their instant name, but Kulamanga? Kulamanga? I don't know if Kuka that's Manga. their name. Kukamanga, yeah, Kukamanga. Um, you wrote such a sweet comment on our Instagram. Thank you so much. And please, if you guys like the show, please leave us a review. Um, it, give us feedback via email, but write nice <laughs> it's public. Yeah, let's, yeah, just like that. Um, um. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, leave us a review. Let us know. Um, and yes, we'll see you next week. See you next week, our little sitcoms our little pistols bye bye